Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Our first scripture reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, the second of two back-to-back stories of creation, beginning at verse 4. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, And there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson is taken from the prophet Ezekiel. We know a few things about Ezekiel, and this is normally one of them. We are in Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10, the valley of the dry bones. Listen again with fresh ears. The hand of the Lord came upon me, And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were many, there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He, God, said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he, God, said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we are transitioning into our season leading to Pentecost. 
On June 9th is Pentecost Sunday, and that's the Sunday that we celebrate Luke's account of the giving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the one that we know that the Spirit descended, there were tongues of fire, they were speaking in different languages, but understood each other. From that point on, those disciples were not misunderstanding. Even after they had seen Christ, they were still hadn't put all of the words and the events together. From Pentecost on, after they received the gift of the Spirit, there is no more wishy-washy. There is no more, uh, do you remember what he said? Everything gels together and they go out to share with the world what they had saw being led by the Holy Spirit. So in our lectionary cycle, our calendar, we have one day that's read for Pentecost. But I think it does a disservice to just one Sunday. So we do three and we start today. So when you see red, uh, in our vestments, stoles, that is the symbol of the fire, the dove, uh, which all leads to Pentecost, which by the way, just is 50 days. That's the Penta. It's 50 days from Easter until this celebration. That'll be in a few weeks. So today we begin with our understanding of the spirit. Did it not remain until the New Testament or was it present from the very beginning? Today, we look at these two passages, the Genesis passage with Abraham being created, and then the Ezekiel passage, both Hebrew Bible for our Jewish friends, our Old Testament, tell of God's spirit present. Even from the creation story, God breathed God's breath over and brought order to the chaos. So and to kind of step back a little bit, Ezekiel, we know, Old Testament prophet, one of the, the big prophets of the Old Testament, along with Isaiah, Jeremiah in that section of the Old Testament. He was a prophet that was in the time of the Babylonian takeover, the crisis, the exodus from Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon came in, sacked Jerusalem, took him some 500 miles away back to Babylon. And it is in this setting where God is trying to convey to Ezekiel that even though they are now a people without a home, the temple destroyed. Temple is destroyed twice, once in 586 BC by the Babylonians and then again right after Christ in 70 AD by the who? Romans. Yes, the Romans. Well done. So this is the first time the temple destroyed. And remember, their whole life was based on temple living. It was the one place that everyone had to go for these festivals. It is where their family worship took place and now destroyed. God resided in that temple and now the temple is destroyed. Where is God? How can we be a people of God away from the temple that has been destroyed now in this foreign land that we have not chose on our own. Although they were warned ahead of time this would happen, but they're in a place of flux. They are literally in their own valley of the dry bones. Ezekiel prophet to these people now has a vision. So this isn't something that God got Ezekiel up and walked him out to this valley. It was a vision in Ezekiel's mind, God working through him in this way. So it begins with Ezekiel saying, 
God put God's hand on me and through the power of the Spirit, placed me in the middle of this valley. The middle of the valley. I always kind of had seen them together standing on a hillside looking down over this place, but no, in the middle of this mess. And the mess, of course, was a valley of bleached and dry bones. Presumably there had been uh, uh, armies that had fought there and some time ago, bones still present, all flesh and all had been decayed and or eaten. And you have these bleached bones in the sun in this dead, wasted place. And God says to Ezekiel, mortal, can these bones live? You know, Lord. And he says, prophesy to them, speak to them. And God is right there with him. God could have done that God's self, but God chooses to go through Ezekiel, gives him and tells him what he is to say, how he is to say it, and where. So he says prophecy to them, and that, that word prophecy can, can be a little challenging. Sometimes prophets tell the future, and that's what we call prophecy. In this case, it's not necessarily the future, although it ties in with what will happen later in the people of Israel being welcomed back as God's people. But here it is more in the vein of truth-telling, telling God's word to these forces around them. So just prophecy, tell them. Prophecy to them, my word. This is the word of the Lord. Come together. You will be healed. You will be whole. I'm, now we're just working through. And after Ezekiel does this, tells them to say what God said, the bones start to rattle. They come together. Sinew first then flesh, then skin over the bone. And yet, they are not complete human beings. What's left? If we look back to Adam's story in Genesis, Adam too was created, then became a human figure, but still was lifeless. lifeless. And in what did it take in both cases? The breath and spirit of God to blow upon them and give them life. So God says again to Ezekiel, prophecy a second time, mortal. Let loose the call from the four winds and let the breath of God come in and give them life. Ezekiel does, the winds come, and at the end there was a vast multitude of fully complete human beings standing there. So that's the quick story. One of the first things that caught my eye in this reading, and I know we look at the valley, the dry bones, enough, I got it, I know what happens. It's a valley and there's bones and they're dry. But there's always more pieces, more pieces. When we sit and study, God speaks to us in old and familiar and new and refreshing ways. So in the very first verse, when God's hand was upon him, Ezekiel tells us, and took him by God's spirit to the valley. Took him by the spirit to the valley. 
It's as if the Holy Spirit becomes a mode of transportation for Ezekiel. Before he was here, the Spirit comes and transports him here. One commentator said just that. It's as if God's Spirit is transportation moving him into the presence of God. So this is Memorial Day weekend. Many of our folks are out traveling. Many of you out there, I'm sure you're on your boats with your TV watching us, so be safe. It kicks off the summer season of travel, of vacation, of intentionally placing ourselves in places that we want to be, in places that we are excited about. Maybe we go to the mountains. Maybe we go to the beach. Maybe we go to the lake. Maybe we go to France and see the Eiffel Tower. Maybe we go see the Grand Canyon. Summer is that time. Maybe you go to camps and conferences. In all of these ways, we are intentionally transporting ourselves to places that we are excited about, that we hope we will find renewal, being refreshed with our family, with our friends, whoever we are with. This is what a lot of the summer season can focus on. I remember growing up in Texas, and heading to the mountains of North Carolina, there was always an excited moment, as it's become for my family as well. Houston, flat. Flat, flat. The only hills in Houston were the overpasses. Those were the highest points in the city. So when we got to the point somewhere around South Carolina, when we saw mountains for the first time, everyone would erupt and squeal and in delight. We are almost there. When you head to the beach, kind of a similar thing. You can kind of smell the sea air. You start to see the change in the scenery. But when you see the ocean, there it is. We're here. Woo! Same thing at the lake. Same thing when you go wherever it is you go that you are excited about. When you see it and you get there, you are excited to be there. In the same way, God's Spirit transports us to where we want to be. And where is that? That is in God's presence. As excited as we get about the places that we go and celebrate and vacation, we should be even more excited about finding opportunity to be in God's presence through the Spirit took Ezekiel there, and will move you there as well. The Holy Spirit as transportation. So that's number one. Number two, in the valley of the dry bones is a place of death. It is dry, it is dreary, bleached bones, not even a hint of life in that place. God puts Ezekiel right in the middle of it. Again, not off on the side to say, look, right in the middle of these bones, in the middle of this desolate, hot environment, and changes the environment all around him. For Ezekiel and the Israelites, this stood for their deportation to Babylon. What does it mean for you? 
at any given time in life, we have a foot that is always in a dry and weary place. Maybe it's us personally. Maybe it's our work that is struggling at the moment. Maybe it's a formerly loving and warm relationship has turned difficult and challenging. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's siblings. Maybe it's the community. Maybe it's the country. Maybe it's the world. Because our networks and circles are wide enough, there's almost always somebody in our life who is struggling on some level, and we are there with them. So we are almost always in a dry and weary place of some sort, and the hope is that even though we've got a foot there, the rest of us is with God, and the rest of us is seeking this spirit that can renew us, revive us, refresh us through the blowing of this spirit. It was William Butler Yeats in his poem, Circus Animal Desertions, the last line of it, uh, to paraphrase and set it up, he says, we can find ourselves in a place of, and I quote, foul rags and bone shop hearts a place of foul rags and bone shop hearts. We all have dead places within us. Maybe your life is great, but your spiritual life is not. Maybe your spiritual life is great, but other pieces of your life are not. Again, maybe your health, maybe your relationships, all of it puts us in the valley at some point. The amazing thing is, is that God does not leave Ezekiel by himself. He tells him what to do, he does it, and new life comes from God's word, from God's breath. What are the two things that God tells Ezekiel to do? One, It is the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord that makes these things happen. Be the word of the Lord. Toe is connected to. It's mandatory. I have to get in at least one little portion of it. So the word of God is first. It is scripture. It is how we know God. It is how God connects with us. God simply speaks throughout the Bible from the very first day of creation. God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus, in the opening of the Gospel of John, in the prologue, the Word was God and the Word was with God. Jesus was that Word that God spoke and brought him into being. Even Jesus, when he brings Lazarus from the dead... He speaks, Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus comes. God's word is essential when we find ourselves in places that are dry and desolate and others, but today in difficult places. You're not alone in being difficult places. All the people throughout the Bible often found God in difficult and weary places. Abraham and Sarah, you remember, they 
were too old, just in their 90s, to have a baby. And in that day, even more so, things were so reliant on your family, how large your family was to be able to help you maintain cattle, crops, grow your family, all of that, to not have children was debilitating. And they didn't believe Sarah and Abraham didn't. What did they do? Ha ha, they laughed. And when the baby came, what did they name him? Isaac, which means laughter. They were in that place of dry bones. You look at Moses. Moses, what wrong did Moses do? Moses saw an Egyptian guard beating a Hebrew slave. Moses killed the guard, then had to go and flee into his own wilderness. Not interested in these dynamics, but he had to run home to his father-in-law and say, sorry, I killed a guy. I need you to help me. What can I do for you? So he shepherded for him, which is where he was when the burning bush happens later on. Moses was in a dry and desolate place. Remember Joseph, amazing technicolor dream coat. All of that, his brothers hated him, threw him in a pit, sold him to a caravan, got to Egypt. He worked for Potiphar. Potiphar's wife accused him of things he didn't do. He wound up in prison, a dry and desolate place. And through God's intervention and healing spirit, he wound up being Number two, only behind Pharaoh in Egypt, worked his way up. Zacchaeus, in the New Testament, despised because he was a tax collector. Word on the street is he was pretty short. Had to climb that tree to see Jesus. Sold himself out and his people out. And Jesus says, today I'm going to your house, Zacchaeus, and we are going to eat together. Mary, Martha, we just talked about Lazarus, same thing. Jesus, my brother's been dead for four days. If you had been here, maybe he wouldn't have died. And they went and Jesus called him out. Many, many more. Mary Magdalene, infected with seven demonic spirits in her own valley of dry, dead, and desolation. Death and desolation. And Jesus brought her out. We are not alone. Again, it is a part of our life. The key is to welcome this spirit, to welcome this renewal, this refreshment that God's spirit offers us. So then the third point, we know what a vacation is. It's where you go, you get away, whatever ways you do that. You've heard of a staycation. A staycation, you stay home, take some vacation days, maybe get some stuff done around the house. Or maybe you do stuff in your own city that you don't normally get to do because we often don't do the fun things in our town just because we're busy living our life. That's the staycation. But today I propose as we kick off this summer, a praycation. Praycation would include scripture and time with God. Just because you go places, we have to know that God is there with us. And as we are seeking, often when we find ourselves in beautiful natural environments, mountains, beach, wherever we are, hiking, canoeing, camping, 
we are reminded of God's presence and we feel more connected through nature. But intentionality needs to be a piece of it. Ezekiel was immersed in God's word as a prophet and used to speaking with God daily. I know it's awkward both to read scripture and to pray, but this is our call. This is how we connect with God. So there was a story about the Norse hydroelectric dam in the hills of Eastern Tennessee. Back in the day when it was first constructed and brought, constructed and brought online, in the first couple of weeks, there was a night shift worker who came out on a break and just looked down across the lake and saw all of the houses and cabins were still on kerosene lanterns. He said, what, what in the world? We just started this power plant. How come they are right there and they're not connected to this source? And someone else said, well, we haven't laid the transmission lines yet. And so even though they were right there in the presence of this full electrical supplying and power supplying plant, they could not connect because the lines were not connected. And we too can find ourselves there in relation to God and God's Holy Spirit. Those lines of transmission and connection are scripture and prayer. So be creative when you go this summer. Be excited about spending time with God. Take a Bible with you on vacation. What? Look at this. I carry this all the time. It is little and I can even read it sometimes. It's in my, whether I'm wearing jeans or slacks or shorts, in my pocket. This one, waterproof Bible. What? Waterproof Bible. Put it in your boat when you start the day at the lake and you're going to water ski. Stop, read a psalm, say a prayer. Oh, vacation. Take it with you hiking. Take it in the water. Take it, keep one in the golf cart. It is not difficult for us. We just have to be intentional about doing so. So that we can intentionally put ourselves in a place of receptivity to God's refreshing spirit. So number one, as we talk about the Holy Spirit in the next few weeks, today we see it as transportation. It takes us to where God is, and we should be excited and want to be there. Number two, know that the dry valleys in your life, you are not alone, that God walks with you and seeks to bring you out and bring life to those dead situations, just as he did with Ezekiel. It's not going to be magic. It's not always going to happen in the time that you want. It may not come out of that at all, but God is with you in those places. And third, how can you start to practice your precation starting today? This is our call as we step into our Pentecost season and give thanks for the amazing gifts of love and joy that come from our risen Christ. So let us go and let us practice. Let us be open and let us see God with us. Hallelujah. Amen.